Hi, everybody. My name is Chloe Ettinger, and I, hmm, I, I don't even know what to say anymore because I, like, I'm not in school, and I'm just kind of hanging out on a gap year waiting to try and get back into school. Um, so I, I guess that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so- <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird time. Yeah, no, and funny enough, you are not the only person that I've talked to lately that is kind of in that same uh, period of life, and people have been kind of making these discoveries that, like, you know, in our society, we identify ourselves so much based on, like, our job or our schooling, Mm -hmm. and when you don't have that, (laughs) so I guess, I guess we can start, like, where, where in the country are you? Yeah, so I'm currently in the Bay Area of California, um, you know, like San Francisco, San Jose. Um, Have you been there your whole life? Yes, I grew up in this area. I've lived here my entire life. Uh, I love it. The weather's great. And um, yeah, my entire support system is here. So I'm having fun. Awesome. And you graduated from your undergrad and you're hoping to pursue vet school next year, correct? Yes. I graduated from San Francisco State this past spring. I did a biology degree with an emphasis in zoology. That way I could do all of my prereqs for vet school. And so now I'm in this weird transitional phase where I'm on a gap year, but I'm also just kind of waiting to hear back from the vet schools to see if I got in anywhere. Okay, so you have already applied. Yes, I submitted my application in September. Okay. Can you share a little bit about like what schools you're looking at? Or is that like you're jinxing yourself? Sure, I don't mind talking about that. Um, I ended up applying to seven different schools. It was UC Davis for the in-state tuition, of course. Mm-hmm. I have. Um, Oregon State, Washington State, University of Arizona, Illinois, Mizzou, Tufts, and I think that counts to seven. Sorry, I wasn't counting as I was I wasn't listening. either. <laughs> so exciting. Do you know like about what time of year you'll start to hear back? Yeah, so um, they say that they will start notifying people if they got an interview between late November, early December, and then the interviews happen between December and January, and then admission decisions come out about April, May-ish. Okay, so very um, very similar to like a med school application process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it takes forever and it's very stressful. And probably not cheap either if, if you have to apply to all of the different schools. Oh, yeah. So these were pretty pricey applications. Um, the first one was about 220 And then mm-hmm. I think each subsequent one was an additional like 180 or something. I think for mine, it was about 1000 in total. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. And that is that is insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, I personally don't understand why they make, you know, us go through that, but that's fine. So, um, are you, what kind of veterinary, uh, professional are you looking to go into like house pets or large animals? That's a really great question. 
Um, and to be honest, I don't really have an answer. I used to think I wanted to do small animals like cats and dogs. Um, but then I went through the phase of, I want to do wildlife and zoo animals. And then I went through a horse phase and I'm still kind of getting out of the horse phase. But now I'm in the phase of, well, what if I did cows and sheep and pigs and goats? Um, but like, honestly, who knows? Because there's so much you could do with a DVM degree. Like you could go into specialty, you could work with aquatics or like if I only wanted to see dermatology cases, that's totally fine. Um, yeah, there's just endless opportunities. Yeah, that's crazy. I really don't know much about the vet world except the vet that I take my cats to, but uh, you are working with cows right now, right? I'm currently working in emergency um, and I do shadow a mixed animal vet who will occasionally see cows, um, but mostly sees animals like sheep, goats, and horses. That's that's crazy. I wouldn't even know. <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to yeah. start. But you know what? I have a degree in theology, so <laughs> mm-hmm. different different specialties. Um, so when you are not uh, working with animals, you have uh, an alter ego, I would say, or maybe maybe <laughs> maybe being DJ Chloe is your your true identity. Um, yeah, I'm talk a little bit about like ten different lives over here. And and that's okay. <laughs> I I kind of feel the same thing. I'm like, do I have my pastor Zoe hat on or like my podcast Zoe hat on? So can you talk a little bit about how you got into DJing? Yeah. Um, so I think this is really interesting because it's so different from my main career focus. Um, that a lot of times people don't expect it or they're surprised when mm-hmm. I start talking about the DJ stuff. Um, but I, well, let's see. I have to think a little bit on how long I've been doing this. I think it's been a little over two years since it really started picking up. Um, but I started out in nightclubs and have now transitioned into working for a national party company that pretty much sends me across the country to do these really awesome Taylor Swift parties. Um, But they're also expanding that and starting to do more types of events. And so now they're starting to book me for other things like, um, I think it's called the Ken's Mojo Dojo Casa Rave Party. that's gonna be a whole thing that's mm-hmm. happening. Um, but yeah, I, I think that answers the question. Yeah, that is, uh, and I remember. So for people that are listening, uh, Chloe and I met at the National Conference for Collegiate Women Student Leaders in mm-hmm. Washington D.C. this past summer, and we kind of made this little friend group of about eight of us that were be bopping around for the conference we went out to dinner on one of the last nights and we oh, were yeah. just we were just all talking and somebody said like okay everybody share something that you would not expect about us or something and you were like you're like I'm gonna go first we're like oh, okay <laughs> and then you're like I'm a DJ and, and then everyone so was like okay we don't want to share anymore because none of us are that cool 
because yeah, I remember that it, we did not expect that from you. Your think anybody ever does because i i think i tend to come across as a very calm collected person that isn't really the stereotypical type to go out clubbing or partying every single weekend (laughs) then once i tell people they're like oh okay i can see it now but like the person i am when i'm djing is totally different from when i'm at the vet hospital Mm. Do you feel like you have to almost like put on a character? Sort of, yeah. I think um, as a DJ, I have to be a lot more commanding and performative and, you know, really hype people up with my own energy. Um, And then as a veterinary professional, I have to do a lot more listening to others and following the lead of others um you know like doing what the doctor says and making sure the client's needs are met putting the patient first before whatever i need to do um else on the side so there there's a lot of differences between the two jobs but i think it makes for a good balance because um i'm not sure if you're aware of this but there is a pretty high rate of burnout in the veterinary field and it can be pretty consuming. I think a lot of the times people kind of get sucked into the profession and then it kind of takes over your life and it can be really hard to balance hobbies and other activities outside of vet med. And so I think having a passion outside of that field really helps me stay balanced mentally and physically and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that is, I mean, honestly, I think that it's important for everybody to have some sort of hobby like that. But I have heard uh, about, I mean, really high suicide rates within veterinary yeah. professions yeah. and medical professions, which is which is horrible because you're the people that we are paying to take care of us and then nobody's taking care of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's definitely a struggle. Mm-hmm. So with the DJ life, do you uh do you write your own music or and this is just like me not knowing much about the DJ world at all? Because I know that there are some like, you know, you go to a wedding and there's a DJ, but it's almost like mm-hmm. they're just playing a playlist, or like I went to a rave once, which like that was a different time in my life, but I went to a rave. And that was all like original music. So what uh, what what is your usual like set look like? Right. So um, I could make my own music if I wanted to. Um, I don't know a whole lot about production. And so I haven't really ventured into that niche of the industry just yet. Um, but I do know how to make my own videos to go with different remixes. Um So, for example, if I were to play a club version of like a Taylor Swift song and it doesn't that song doesn't have its own music video, I I know how to make my own, um, which is pretty cool. Then it it makes the set have a bit of a more original, personalized touch to it. Um, But for the most part, I do play remixes um, that other people have created. There's. different ways that DJs get music and I'm not entirely sure if I'm like allowed 
to say what that is because DJs, there's a lot of gatekeeping in the community and I'm still um, figuring out like how that works <laughs> kind of. No, that's uh, okay. You keep, you keep your art to yourself too. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, I know that you had mentioned before in our text conversations that um, you are under contract for the Taylor Swift party. So like, please yes. only share what you are comfortable and allowed to share, but can you just explain um, like what exactly the Taylor Swift party is? Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically an event that is put together by Swifties for Swifties. And um, we pretty much rent out a venue that can usually fit between like 500 to maybe up to 2000 or even more. Sometimes it's even bigger. Um, but we'll rent out those venues for the night and we'll just only play Taylor Swift music and people will come in all dressed up as if they were going to go to the Ares tour and they'll trade bracelets and everybody sings along to the music. And um, from what I've experienced, the, each DJ has their own style of how they do it. So some might go entirely by song request. Some will prepare a specific set list. Um, I kind of do a mixture of both. I'll prepare certain songs in advance and then I'll check in with the crowd. If there's any that everybody's requesting a lot, then I'll throw that in there. Um, but we make it super fun. You know, there's like a photo booth we set up. We have decorations. There's um, the audio and visuals and lights. And it's just, it's the most fun. That is, that that sounds amazing. And I'm sure you remember this from our week in, in DC. I was not a Swifty then. Mm hmm. But I think I may be like slowly converting. Yay. And, and I'll say like from my own point of view, it's not necessarily because I am like, yes, she has written like the best music known to man, like in my, in my, pers or in my personal opinion, but more than anything, I'm just astonished at like how amazing of a human being she is. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just, I mean, all of the stuff with like her releasing Taylor's version of everything. And I watched the, um, what is her first documentary called? Ooh, that's a good trivia question. <laughs> it's um, on Netflix. I watched her her like yes. first Netflix documentary, she, and like she, she has talked, multiple. Oh, oh does uh, she? Okay, I think the one that you're talking about is Miss Americana. Yes, I was just like just blown away by her talking about like taking a political stance about things and yeah. talking about body image and talking about her relationships and you know when you don't follow someone closely. I, I was just seeing like the Taylor Swift that is on Spotify. But the more that I learn about her, the more that her music means to me. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, she's a really cool person. She is. She has changed the industry so much. And she's done like, I, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around how much she's accomplished in the time that she's been given. Mm -hmm. And she's still going. I know. <laughs> that blows my mind. So you were obviously like a huge Swifty. Yes. Yes. And you, and you went to the Ares tour. I did. I went twice. You did. Okay. 
Can you describe <laughs> that experience to people who may not have experienced that? Yeah, it is something that is very spiritually awakening. It's like um I I'm not religious per se, but in my imagination, it is equivalent to going to like a massive church event where everybody is there for the same reason, spreading the same joy and love and kindness to each other. Because that that's pretty much what happens at the concerts. Like nobody's throwing a fit. Everybody's having a good time, no matter where your seats were. Like you could be sitting directly behind the stage and like you would still have a phenomenal time. Mm. And even the venue staff had been amazing and everyone like it's just such a great community to be in and she has brought together so many people Mm -hmm. and I think now I'm just kind of rambling but there's also this sort of magical aspect of seeing her perform all of your favorite songs live and there's there's so many like different creative things that she does with her songs and um like she'll turn it into a whole entire production and it's just incredible to kind of listen to the song for the first time just like on Spotify or from a CD and you kind of get this imaginary visual in your head about it but then comparing that to what she puts out on the tour mm-hmm. and seeing it for yourself with your own eyes it's there's nothing that can compare so did you well I know that you did but you went and saw the movie too I did, yeah. And was it equally as, I mean, it's obviously not equally as amazing because she's not there in person, but how was the movie? I thought the movie was phenomenal. The first time I watched it, I was sobbing within the first five minutes because even from like the very beginning, you could tell that so much effort went into that movie. The, um, the shots and angles perspectives that they were able to get it's like not even the front row seats were that good because i'm not sure if you've seen any clips of how they filmed it but they had a crew of like two or three people literally following her around the stage as she was performing okay and so some of them were like running around her as she's dancing and trying to go in between the dancers and they have like cameras everywhere even on wires going back and forth hanging from the ceiling it was it was crazy but like it came out so well and the way they edited it and oh my gosh you know if they're gonna put like are are people gonna be able to stream the movie i think so um from what i heard at the very beginning when the movie was initially released, there was a part of the deal where um, <clears throat> it would be exclusively in theaters for 13 weeks, and then they had the option of moving it to streaming. Okay. So I think once those 13 weeks are up, then it'll switch over. I think I'll have to see it because I didn't. I didn't go to Eras, but but I want to see the movie. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you for sure should. I think it's the perfect thing if you weren't able to get tickets or if you couldn't go to Era's tour um, in concert. 
I think the movie is going to be the next best thing. Good to know. I I'm looking forward to it. Um, maybe this is a maybe this is a sinful Swifty question to ask, but do you have favorite songs? I mean, she has so much music, but like, if you had to name your top five songs, or try oh, to. Oh man. <laughs> oh no. Um. Let's see. Gosh, there's they're all so good. And to be honest, I love each album equally. I don't have a favorite and they all just kind of rotate on shuffle all the time. Um, But I can say that I do know this song, the exact song that turned me into a Swifty when I was like eight years old. And that's going to be Fearless. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really know why. But there was just something that clicked with me in that song. And I would listen to it on repeat for hours until I had it memorized. And then I would like go off to school and be like, you guys, this song is like my favorite thing ever. You guys have to listen to it. And people like didn't get it. (laughs) But um, I think nowadays it happens a lot more often. And so people can kind of relate to that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't really have a top five, but. Okay. If, if somebody asked me that question about Ariana Grande, I wouldn't be able to answer it. So I get mm-hmm. it. So switching gears a little bit. Um, sure. You also have a, an art business, a little side hustle. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So my um, sticker store is a COVID project that I'll be completely honest, I've pushed to the back burner. I have not made a new sticker design in probably over six months, but um, it's it's still going pretty strong with the ones that I've already made. And I do have a lot of ideas and um potential creative directions I want to go in I just have not had the time to sit down and do it you know that's okay. um, <laughs> but it's really fun it's a good little side hustle bring in a couple extra bucks each month do you design on like do you design on on an iPad and then get them printed like through a, a company or how exactly does it work yeah, so I'll draw the designs myself on an iPad. I use the Procreate app, um, which is really nice because you have so many options with that. Um, and then I print everything myself. I don't send it out anywhere because I'm kind of a stickler for quality. And so I feel like unless I'm doing it myself, I cannot guarantee that the quality will be good. So I do everything by hand. Um, I'll print them at home. I'll cut them at home. I have one of those cutting machines that makes it really easy. Yeah. Um, And I try to keep a decent amount of inventory in stock at all times. Um, That way it's pretty easy and straightforward to fulfill orders. But yeah, I'll package everything, ship everything from my house. Nice. I... uh... I always admire people that have art uh, art hobbies like that. I I had a COVID uh, hustle too, which was making greeting cards or like, 
you know, birthday cards, thank you cards. But I sadly have not made cards in like over a year <laughs> because it's oh, a yeah. lot of time. But I have your mermaid cat sticker on my laptop. Oh, how cute. I loved it. <laughs> I got three of them. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I gave two away. And I kept the pink one, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I was just thinking about was if we did a, because you, you still have your uh, your era's tour sticker. I do, yeah. We could do a Hello Good Humans uh, giveaway. I'll buy the stickers. Sure. And I'll give them away to my thousands of podcast fans. <laughs> There's like 12 yeah. of them, but we love them, so... Yeah, shout out to them. No, they're they're good. Um, I I just got a a notification from Spotify this morning. Uh, that was like, you know, Spotify Wrapped is coming up. Like, here's how you can make sure you're on people's wraps. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's that's too much. Um, going back to the Taylor Swift parties, you said yeah. that they have taken you all over the country. Where uh, where have you gotten to go so far? Yeah, so um, I'm still pretty new to this. I started back in August. So um, I've been to Santa Cruz. I had them start me out local because traveling as a DJ can be pretty tough. And it wasn't something that I had done before. So I kind of wanted to ease into this. Um, But they started me in Santa Cruz, which is about an hour from where I'm currently at in San Jose. And then um, I don't really know how this happened, but literally two or three weeks later, they had me go to Boston, which is literally the other side of the country. Yep. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But they had me do a back-to-back show um, in Nashua, New Hampshire, and then Worcester, Massachusetts. So I flew into Boston for the weekend, hung out, um, visited Salem, which was pretty awesome. And then I came back, did a show in Berkeley, California, mm. and um, next up, actually, I lied. Berkeley is this weekend. Haven't done it yet, but I'm about to. Um, coming up, I'll be going to Idaho, and then I think that's it for 2023. There. Um, Still in the process of scheduling for the next year, but we have got some bookings for venues into January and February. And um, they initially hired me to cover the majority of the Pacific Northwest. And I saw on the schedule that they booked something in Hawaii. And I was like, you know, technically Hawaii is Pacific Northwest. So kind of just like manifesting Hawaii right now because I think that, that would be really cool. Would be amazing. Yeah. Have you ever been to Hawaii before? I went once when I was a kid, okay. but it was like just long enough to where I barely remember it. Mm-hmm. So I think if Have I can you... go back, that would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Have you done a lot of traveling? I, I um, before Before this. Yeah. Yeah. I'd been to a few states before. Um, Throughout high school, I did competitive cheer. And so we would have competitions kind of all over the place. Like there was one in Portland. There was some in Dallas. 
went to Florida a few times. Did you Uh, go to Daytona? No, I didn't go to Daytona, but I did go to Summit. Okay. That that was a whole experience in itself. It was great. That is cool. That's another thing that I I would not expect from you. Oh, (laughs) yeah. yeah, You're a very multifaceted person. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of all over the place. Um, how has it been being a female in the DJing industry? Oh, I love that question because the DJ industry is pretty sexist. Um, the majority are men and a lot of them are kind of stickly. They gatekeep, they like, you know, talk crap sometimes. Um, and so as a girl, and a relatively young one. Um, there are some instances where people don't take me seriously, and they'll be like, "Oh, you just got this gig because you're a girl." And people, you know, would rather look at a girl DJ than some crusty old dude DJ. Um, no offense to them. Like guy DJs are great; they're very skilled and for the most part. But um, but you're beautiful, so. Exactly. I'm prettier. So then I get paid more and I could be way less talented because I'm prettier. (laughs) So there's a lot I can get away with. Um, But at the same time, there is a bit of pressure to like, you know, still still be good at what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I mean, as long as I'm having fun with it, like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you that you feel you know secure and happy but but it is a big deal in that like if that sort of environment is stopping other young women who like want to become a dj but feel like they couldn't because of the discrimination then like that's that's shitty so mm-hmm. i i commend you for you know maybe for a even for a small number of young women you are like showing them that this is possible and that they are just as talented, just as worthy of these gigs, even though like they're yeah, also, absolutely. they're also more pretty. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, I think in terms of like getting into this field, I think it's more of a problem of finding a mentor who's willing to teach you mm-hmm. because yeah, sure. You could try to watch YouTube and figure it out on your own, but um there are so many like technical skills and tips and tricks that you can't really learn from the internet like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's really valuable to have some sort of mentorship. And I think that's the hardest part, honestly, finding someone who's willing to spend the time with you to teach you and, um, you know, get you set up as well, because, you know, that ex- the equipment, it's not cheap. Yep. Yeah. Do you have any uh, favorite female DJs? Um, Yeah, there's a couple I follow online. Um, I really like to follow Alice in Wonderland. She does a lot of like raves and music festivals. And so I'm always inspired by how she performs and does her shows. And um, like as a performer, like I've she is someone that I look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like 
technical skills wise, someone who really inspires me is Kay Sprinkles because she she's literally been doing it since she was a child. And now she's like, I think 19 or 20. And she's making such a name for herself doing all these really cool things. And yeah, I just, I'm in awe of what she's been able to accomplish. That That's, that's awesome. Are you familiar with the female DJ, Charlie Jordan? I'm not, but I would love to get acquainted with them and their work. I, uh, and I don't know. I, I know nothing about like her, her style, her, you know, I don't know how good she is really. I just, I kind of found her during COVID and I, at that time she was like the only female DJ that I had ever really come across. And so mm-hmm. I, um, uh, I followed her. I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. And, and it's such a unique art form because, because like you said earlier, you have to be energetic and you have to, um, you have to be present, but it's, it's not quite the same thing as like Justin Bieber headlining his own tour, you know? Right. Yeah. You're you're like, your job is to be like the life of the party. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're hype girls. We got to, you know, make sure the music sounds good, but we also have to make sure we look good and the visuals look good. And we have to make sure that the crowd is having fun. And if they're not having fun, we got to fix it because oftentimes they're paying money to be there and they want to have a good experience. And if they're not, then whose fault is that? It's ours. Mm-hmm. That is so interesting. Uh, I can't wait to keep following your social media journey and seeing the things that you post. Cause like I said, it, we were all just shocked when you shared that you were a DJ, <laughs> but then seeing you in action, like even, you know, on my little phone screen, I just, I love it. I'm like, yeah, Chloe, <laughs> if I yeah. ever, ever have the chance to come to one of your shows, I I will be there. Mark my words. For um, sure. Yeah. Hit me up beforehand because um, like 90% of the time I'll get a guest list and then you don't have to pay admission. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Pod squad. If you hear that. <laughs> yeah. DM me. Yeah. If you, and if you're ever anywhere like uh, Chicago, you know, Madison, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, like those are all places mm-hmm. that are very easy for me to to get to. So that would be really fun. (laughs) Yeah, I will try my best. Um, Sometimes my production people, managers, bosses, I'm not really sure what their title is, to be honest. Um, But sometimes they'll be like, oh, hey, if you ever happen to be in a city at this time, like, let us know and we can try to book you then. So um, that's kind of how the Boston thing happened. But I mean, feel free to like reach out to them by DM or email and be like, hey, we want DJ Chloe to come here or over there or. That would be cool. I, you, you know that I will. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, So we just have a couple of minutes before Zoom kicks us off, but I have been closing my interviews with two questions. The Mm -hmm. first one, and I think I know the answer is. What kind of music have you been listening to lately? 1989 Taylor's version. <laughs> Came out like, what, three days ago? Mm-hmm. It's been on repeat all day, every day. Yeah. Do you have any f- 
favorites from the album? Hmm. I'm really loving all of the vault tracks. I think Slut was a very nice surprise. Um, I was expecting more of like a bubbly pop thing, but it's got this like calm tone to it. Kind of like a, I don't really care what they call me. I'm just going to vibe and have a good time. And I love that because um, as you might remember from the Miss Americana documentary, like the 1989 era, as awesome as it looked on the outside, she was going through so much stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that song kind of encapsulates what was going on behind the scenes for her life. Um, Yeah, so I'm really liking that one. Um, She has another vault song that um, one of her cats, you can hear meowing in the background. And I think it's absolutely adorable. And so I've been listening to that song just to hear the meow. Um, I'll have to listen to that. It's um, now that we don't talk. Okay. Very subtle, but if you listen closely, you can hear it. Okay. Um, My last question for you is, who is a good human in your life that you you think should be on Hello Good Humans? I think you should have Tori on the podcast because um, Tori was just so phenomenal (laughs) when we went to Nick Whistle. She was um, she was my roommate, and I had never had a roommate before because I didn't dorm in college. I just lived at home and commuted, and I don't know why I was so all up in my head about having a roommate. It was like a three day trip too, like not a big deal. But I was just so nervous about that. Like I, I don't even know. But she was so kind and welcoming and she just eased all of that anxious energy for me mm-hmm. so I appreciate her so much and she's been so kind even after Nick Whistle too like she's helped me with my personal statements for vet school and she's been available to talk and she's just awesome she is and she's she's killing the game too <laughs> yeah yeah she's like, I'm just so proud of her. And I think she would be a really great person for your podcast. She's doing some pretty cool stuff. And, it, and it'd be cool to get a uh, a New Jersey accent up in here. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that, that entire group of women that we that we made was just awesome because of how different we all were, but how mm-hmm. we really just, like, wanted to learn from each other and wanted to hear each other's stories and then also just like have a really good time. Yeah. I think we had the best time out of all the little groups that we saw. We obviously did. <laughs> um, okay. Well, Chloe, thank you so much for coming on. Hello, good humans. Thank you for having me. This has been really fun. Good. I'm glad. I, I know a lot of people can be nervous for the podcast experience, but you did really well. Okay. and. I am so excited for people to hear about your extremely multifaceted self and to hopefully catch you at one of your shows in the future. Yeah, come say hi. We will. We all will. We'll all roll up with our Hello Good Human shirt. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that would be so much fun. We can do like a group selfie and then post it on the socials and 
show mm-hmm. everyone how awesome it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it has been a pleasure. And uh, again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing. And I hope that you have a really good rest of your day. Yeah, ditto. All right. All right. Goodbye, everybody. See you soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.